0: Good morning, everyone. Let's pray. Father God, we do thank you for this morning. Lord, we give you glory. And Lord, we do thank you for your faithfulness, Father God. And Lord, we thank you for our speaker this morning, Lord. We pray your blessing rest upon Tim, Father God. and Lord, we ask your anointing to be upon him, Lord. And God, we just give you all the glory, Lord, for all the things he's been able to do, Lord, and accomplish, Lord, for your name, Lord. Lord, we love you. Lord, I I pray that he can continue the work, Lord, fighting the good fight of faith, Lord, earnestly contending for the faith, Lord. And Lord, we just pray that you bless the remainder of this service, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you, New Hope Band. Now we have a little bit of a treat for you this morning. I am sure that a lot of you know Tim Taylor and who he is, um, but I'm also sure that a lot of you do not know who Tim Taylor is. Uh, We have been fortunate enough to uh, align ourselves with Tim and be a little part of his ministry for, I, I would say decades, I don't know exactly how long, but for a very long time, and he comes in and checks in with us every now and again, and we get to get a little update And hopefully, that's what's in store for this morning uh, to hear the the wonderful things that he's been doing and uh, that God's been working through him. So, without further ado, I'm going to to join you or ask you to join me in welcoming Tim Taylor. And his lovely wife, Eunice. How dare me forget! My apologies.
1: Here you hold on to that. Good morning. Well, it's a blessing to be here. Uh, I've always loved uh, New Hope uh, Full Gospel because I, I'll just tell you straight: uh, I love the men of God that I've seen in this place. Uh, I, I just feel like that anointing of Pastor Joe has flowed uh, into the men, and the men in this place stand up like men and and serve God, and 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 that's a blessing. Um, Well, uh, I want to introduce you to my wife, Eunice. Uh, I wanted to give her uh, a minute to say something, and then I'll share. I I was wondering if there was a clock somewhere that I could (laughs) watch the clock. There's a clock right there. Okay. Shucks. All right.
2: (laughs) Well, um, good morning. It's an honor to be here. And I just always remember it's such an honor to serve the Lord. You know, we don't owe God anything but it's an honor to serve him. And we serve him because we love him and because he first loved us, you know? And I'm sure you're all wondering, where is she from? (laughs) So I was born in South Africa, Cape Town, South Africa, went to Durban, South Africa to study at Bible college. And then about 29 years ago, um, I was called as a missionary um, And firstly, we went to study Spanish on the Mexican, Texas-Mexican border. Um, Spanish, um, cross-cultural acquisition, um, everything pertaining to preparing you to be a missionary. And um, I was reminded, and so, you know, that's why I have an accent, because I was born in South Africa. And then I lived in Texas for a while, so I do say y'all. A lot. (laughs) So so that's where the Texas comes in. But I was just um, thinking this morning, you know, um, on what I was going to share. And Romans 10, the latter part of verse 14, stood out to me. And it said, and how are they to hear without a preacher? And 15 says, and how can men be expected to preach unless they are sent? And it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring glad tidings. How welcoming is the coming of those who preach the good news. And you know, um, we're called to be missionaries. And it's an honor and a privilege to be called. You know, but um, some are called to go. Not everybody's called to go. And there's a grace when you're called to go. Some are called to stay and pray. And that is an even greater honor. You don't know how much we appreciate those who stay and pray. And then others are called to give, to send, and to give. We cannot make it out there on the mission field without those who pray and without those who give. And so every part is so important. And I think of, you know, the Bible says we are the many-membered body. Every joint supplying for the healing of the body. So whatever you call to do, God equips you. And God gives you the grace to do what you've called to do. And so don't despise if you're a person of prayer and you're in the background. It's You're an important part of the body. You are a member of the body and the body needs you to pray, to worship, to give, to... Um, help to clean the church. Whatever your gift is, don't despise. And so often, you know, we, we look at the missionaries and we think, wow, you know, they're heroes. But we're just being obedient to the call of God. And when you're obedient to the call of God in your life, there's a grace, there's a joy, there's a fulfillment but it's when you're trying to be or do what you have not been graced to do, that there's a frustration and the, the, you know, it, it causes others to be frustrated or irritated. And so I just want to bless you today and say, be who God has called you to be. Do what God has called you to do. There is a grace there's a joy and there is lasting fruit when we are fulfilled and confident in who God has called you to do. So I always say, I know who I am in Christ and I know whose I am. And that gives you the confident to be, confidence to be who God has called you to be. Amen? Amen. Amen. Bless you guys.
1: No just cut it off, if you can figure out how to cut it off. It's fine. Okay, you muted it, so it's fine. All right. You know, Eunice had formed her own ministry before we met uh, called Be Unique Ministries. Uh, So you can hear that in her, in what she was (laughs) saying. Be unique, uh, but be faithful. Amen? I was thinking about uh, this morning... Uh, Matthew 25 and how uh, the master gave talents to one he gave five another he gave two and another he gave one the one who was unfaithful with his talent was the one who had received one so if you feel like I think a lot of times people feel like I only got one talent Uh, and so it doesn't matter but it mattered to the master that he would be that you would be faithful with whatever he's given you and you know I calculated one day I looked in Uh, a uh, bible study and i I was looking at how much a talent was worth it was worth 19 years two months worth of salary so one talent is a lot of money It it had great worth and your talent has great worth amen if you guys have been around when i'm speaking before You know, I I, I like to, I want to give a report, I'm here, if I come and I don't give a report, I leave, and you don't have any idea what's going on in in the ministry, but I also like to give a word, and and, uh, you know, I met Eunice the first time in 1994 when she was a missionary in Bolivia, and uh, so I just took her back to Bolivia just uh, six weeks ago, we went back, uh, and she hadn't been back in 25 years. Uh, and so, you know, we're at we land at fourteen thousand feet above sea level. There's not a lot of oxygen up there, and so she was pretty uh, concerned about you know h- whether she would get altitude sickness, headaches, vomiting, or whatever. Which she did uh, well. But the the as we were driving out to the villages, now we fly into uh, the highest airport in the world, fourteen thousand feet above sea level. Is everything okay? Oh, I haven't got. I I, I have a PowerPoint that I'm going to show you some pictures and stuff. But as we were going out into the country, um, you know, she kept saying, I had forgotten how far out this is. I can't believe that you would fly into Bolivia and drive eight hours out uh, on these mountain roads to take the gospel to this handful of people out there. But when we first went in there in 1989, there were no churches. It was an unreached area of the world, and it's not unreached anymore. There's Bolivia. We flew into La Paz, which is in the Andes Mountains over there. Uh, you can't see it, but it's along the left-hand side. Um, we've got mountains. I mean, we, uh, what is it um, in Colorado Springs? What is it? Pike's Peak is 14,400, I believe. Uh, and so our airport is almost as high as the top I- of Pikes Peak. We we drive through areas that are seventeen thousand feet above sea level. You're gonna see them when you drive through. There's there's snow year round because uh, you know you're you're just up so high things stop growing at about fifteen thousand feet above sea level. Uh, but when when I was there, the thing that uh, that. Just this word, this phrase that the Lord gave me was spiritual responsibility. You know, when I went in and started those churches, uh, I was a part of a team that started those churches in 1989. Uh, I went and joined the team full time in 1991, January 91. Within two years, all the rest of the team had left. I went down there to work with three other families. Within two years, they were all gone, Uh, but I didn't go because I went down there. God had sent me down there. I was going to be faithful to that calling. We had birthed these churches. We couldn't then just leave them to die. There was a spiritual responsibility. And when God gives you uh, an assignment, when he gives you a task, you have a spiritual responsibility to accomplish your task. Just like the, the guy that received five talents and, four t- and two talents and one talent uh, You know, the the first two were faithful. And when Jesus came, he said, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your Lord. But the one had hidden his talent and had not been faithful with what God had given him. And I, you know, I stuck it out because uh, I wanted to be faithful. And when you, I I was thinking of Old Testament principles. I, 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 I taught Old Testament survey. And so, I love the Old Testament. You know, the only Bible that Jesus and the apostles had was the Old Testament. And so, there are principles of God in the Old Testament that carry all... God, you know, he's the same yesterday and today and forever. And so, the principles of God are still... You can see his hatred for sin and how, uh, you know, in the Old Testament when you look at it and how serious sin was and which sins were more serious because... Uh, some sins were you know you were punished in this way so other sins you were put to death so you can kind of gauge th- How serious sins were and how destructive they were because sin is destructive uh, And so um, I look at the old testament principles and i'm just going to throw a couple out for you. This is one spiritual re- uh, Responsibility to finish the task that god gives you uh, You know moses was not supposed to throw in the towel, no matter how those Israelites acted, until he got them to the promised land. He, he was faithful, and he got them to where God wanted them to be. Uh, Noah could not stop halfway when he built the ark, or the ark would not have been any good, right? It wouldn't, it wouldn't have done what it needed to do. Uh, Solomon had to finish the temple. Jesus had to go all the way to the cross. See these principles are not just Old Testament principles; they're God's principles. They go through the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. Uh, another principle is that there is an anointing that comes on the obedient. Amen. There is. We were. We were talking. I was in a Bible study the other night. And we were talking about sin, and I was just talking about well, you know, uh, the wages of sin is death. When you sin, something dies. If you sin against your wife, that relationship could die. You sin against your children, you abandon them, those relationships will die. You know, if if I had left those churches alone, they could have died. Their faith could have died. Uh, And so there's an anointing that comes on the obedient uh, with Elijah. You know, he was, you, you see this in the Old Testament. This is a principle that's clear. That Elijah was faithful to God and he prayed and and for three and a half years it didn't rain. It didn't rain until he prayed that it would rain. Uh, And Samuel, God says that none of his words would fall to the ground. And you see that in the the New Testament when uh, Peter confronted Ananias and he spoke a word, Ananias fell dead. Uh, You know, because God honored uh, his servant. And uh, uh, this, is, this is the truth, that when I, was, when I first went to Bolivia and, uh, you know, I, I was digging into work. I was getting my Spanish going. I was working with this other team. Uh, for various reasons, the whole team left after two years. Maybe it was me. Maybe <laughs> they didn't like me. I don't know. No, it wasn't me. It was other things. Uh, but uh, the I, I stayed. I kept plowing the ground. For these new churches and planning new churches. And, and you know, an amazing thing happened. Is that there was an anointing that came on my life for that assignment and for those people. And, and, and I'm telling you the truth. Uh, you know, I'd go from church to church. I ha- I had a, uh, I'd usually go out for three or four days and because the churches are so far apart. You can't just go to church and come back. You know, it's five hours to this church and you drive another two hours to another church and and you hike four hours to get into this other church. And but what happened was that God started honoring me as his servant and honoring me that the gospel I carried was the true gospel. And, and so the way he did it, he started answering my prayers. Uh, everyone there, there was about a two month period of time where everyone I was praying for was getting healed. And I asked the Lord about it. I said, Lord, that never happened before. You know, what is that? And he, sa- he said, you know, you are my lightning rod. You're all I have for this task, for these people. And, and there was an anointing, a, a, a blessing that came on my life because I was obedient. And it does the same. It, it, it's the same principle. God, there's, there's a blessing that comes on the obedient. You just read Deuteronomy 28. And, you know, there's, there's a blessing that comes from the obedient. And so I'm obedient uh, because I know how much is at stake. Uh, you know, I, I, I love the blessing of God. I, I, I love to be able to help someone who's in trouble. I love to be able to pray for a guy's mother who's sick and, and see God answer. Uh, one time in Bolivia, uh, this guy brought his little sister to to the church meeting he was actually the pastor and he brought his little sister uh, that was i don't know seven years old and she had um like these pussy sores all over her all over her head and i mean you didn't want (laughs) to lay hands on her really uh but but man when i saw that there was an anger that stirred up in me you devil how dare you touch this seven-year-old little precious little girl and I started praying, and I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed. I prayed for about an hour. And when I left, I continued to pray. I, I, I continued to carry that, that little girl in my heart. Uh, just like the Old Testament talks about for Aaron, he had that breastplate, and he carried the, the names of the children of Israel over his heart. Uh, and that's what we're to do. We're to, we're to carry these things in our hearts. And, and so, uh, you know, I never knew what happened. Because I wasn't going to go back around to that church for about six weeks. And I didn't see that guy. I didn't see that pastor. But uh, next time I did see him, I ran to him and I said, I said, brother, how is your sister? And how's your little sister doing? He says, well, he says, you know, my parents didn't think anything was going to happen. He said, but uh, she went to bed that night with those sores all over her. And she woke up the next morning totally healed. Totally, every sore was gone. But, you know, there is a blessing for the obedient. There's, you know, if you're a Sunday school teacher and and that is, uh, you know, you have that heart for those children. It's just, you know, you have their names written over your heart and you take them into prayer. Um, God, you are God's anointed vessel. There will be a special anointing for you to complete that task. Amen? And, and, you know, you don't want to do anything to mess it up. You don't want to distance yourself from God. You would want to maintain that anointing. You know, Jesus uh, was anointed, but he maintained his anointing by a life of prayer. You know, with loud cries, uh, he cried out to the one who was able to save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverent fear. He, he revered God. and And I'm telling you, there is... It, it's a biblical principle that there is a blessing, an anointing that comes from the obedient. And in this Bible study the other night, they were talking about uh, how the brother that was there, he was saying how people call on him to pray for them because they, sp- they think he has some special connection with God. Well, the fact is, he does. You know, he does because he is out there trying to get the word of God into people. He is... He is serving God with all his heart, there is a special anointing on him, and there can be a special anointing on you. You just uh, take that task that God's given you, whatever it is. If you're a Christian businessman, if you have, you know, the, the talent that, that God just pours resources into you, well, you know, you're, you're supposed to be faithful to pour them into his kingdom. Uh, This is another principle, was the principle, it's uh, Leviticus 19.9, that when the the Israelites harvest their fields, they weren't allowed to harvest the edges of their field, and they were only allowed to go over their grapevines one time, and their fruit trees, they could go over it one time. Well, you know that if you have an apple tree, and you go out there, and you pick the ripe apples off of it one time, there's probably two-thirds of the apples that are still coming, that are not for you. God had a different purpose for them. And and that that principle, that not all that you have, not all that is growing on your land, well, is for you. Uh, and and it, it's always been that way. It's a principle of God. Amen. Uh, praise God. Um, you know, well that's enough principles. <laughs> let, me, let me show you some pictures. Um, okay, we got, this is how you get to the churches, and, and we're thankful for these roads because they didn't used to be there. We used to only have one road, and we would have to park the Jeep on the side of the road and hike in three, four hours, uh, so it's, it's interesting. That's my, that's my 1974 Toyota Land Cruiser. And the thing was giving us a lot of trouble this last time. I had to change a fuel pump and a and a uh, carburetor, but I thought, you know, that that Jeep is eighteen years younger than me. I'm not taking any excuses. <laughs> uh, anyway, this is about this is the highest area that we go through. This is about seventeen, eighteen thousand feet above sea level. Uh, they say that at, at nineteen thousand feet above sea level, your brain starts burning up brain cells. So. I'm glad I haven't gotten that high. Go ahead and go to the next one. Uh, this is what happened if you don't make the turn. <laughs> um, this, truthfully, that's what happened. Uh, a bus, I don't think that guardrail was there at that time. A bus went off the mountain. and uh, So, you know, you, uh, we were having trouble with the Jeep, and, and my mechanics had sent us out there without the Jeep being at 100% uh, good condition. And I told them, I said, brothers, don't send me out there like that, our our lives are at uh, you know at risk when we go out there. Uh, anyway, uh, this is generally what the churches look like. Now you look at this is probably the highest church that we have. This is about fifteen thousand feet. You can see there are no trees. There's nothing growing. Uh, they have llamas and alpacas. They can grow. I'm not even sure they can grow potatoes at this altitude, uh, but they have a lot of llamas and alpacas. Go ahead and go to the next one. Uh, It's cold. I don't know if you can tell. It's cold up at that altitude. Uh, That's an alpaca poncho that Eunice has there that keeps us warm. Go ahead and go to the next one. Uh, This is one of our, this is actually our largest congregation. uh, It's the largest church building, and then we were um, having a conference. So we had some of the other churches over there as well. Go ahead and go to the next one, brother. Um, The people are Incas. They're Inca Indians. And so they speak a language called Quechua. So I'm preaching in Spanish, and this guy is translating it into Quechua. You can go ahead and go to the next one. And then Eunice uh, got up there. She's better in Spanish than I am, actually. Uh, She lived 12 years in Mexico. So... This was, was—we took some anointing oil down, and uh, we were anointing these pastors. Now, there's. This is a brand new church plant down in the jungle area. We were up really high. Uh, we we drove four hours, I think it was down, uh, and got to—I don't know if this is four or five thousand feet above sea level, but uh, this the pastor that we're praying for. That large church that you saw where we had the conference—he um, is—he had been sick, and we had been praying for him. So he was—he's doing a lot better. Um, this was uh, a prayer and fasting meeting that we had in the city of Ayata. Uh, I'm sorry, Amarete. and uh, we had taken some anointing oil uh, from the states. It was actually from Israel. We had bought it. And so they were thrilled it had uh, frankincense and myrrh, and, you know, they were uh, thrilled to get it. So we anointed them all, and then we gave them uh, these vials of anointing oil. And this was the same thing. We were anointing all the pastors. Um, I wanted to share a testimony. Um, That church you saw that had all the people in it, I I think we had 350 people uh, at that conference, um, there was a guy there when we first went in in, uh, first went in there in 1991 there was a little 8 year old boy that his parents invited us to the house and he was he was probably, I don't know you know, uh, 5 foot tall and weighed 32 pounds or something like that you know, he was just a skinny little kid, uh, but his parents invited us down well he was at that conference and he came up to me and, and he said, you know, brother, I'm pastoring a church. He, he's pastoring a Baptist church uh, in another uh, section of, uh, of that area. And he said, I, I don't know if you ever knew our testimony. He said, when you came to our house, my dad was an alcoholic and my mom, her life was so miserable, she was at the point she was going to kill herself. She was going to eat rat poison and, and kill herself. And he said, but then when you came, they, I, I knew they always invited me to their house, and, and we would go over and eat a meal with them. And, uh, but that family's life changed because we went in there. And, and that boy's life changed. He, he grew up, he went to our Bible school, and now he's pastor in a church. You know, you, just, you don't know, you know, what you're reaching out to someone can do for their life. Amen. This particular girl, um, at ten o'clock every night, uh, a demon was attacking her, and her. And they had brought her for us to uh, to pray over. And her, I'm over to the left praying for her father, um, but you know, we're casting the devil out just like you did in the Bible. Now, not we don't we didn't do it exactly like they do it in China. I was in China in one some year, 2000, 2001, something like that. And I went to the underground church in China, which was a great honor. And we, you know, went with some uh, Chinese believers in Los Angeles. Went with them, and they took me into uh, this area. It was just uh, like 50 miles from the North Korean border in China, and and just this little bitty uh, churches that looked just like this. They were uh, very poor, and I walk in with this Chinese guy from Los Angeles, and. He, he told me, he said, uh, hey, brother, I just heard that there's uh, a lady, a demon-possessed lady back in the, the other room over there. The, the pastors are casting the devil out of her. And he, he said, you want to go back? And I said, sure. And so I go back there, and that Chinese pastor, the lady's standing about this tall, or maybe this tall, and the Chinese pastor's just a little bit taller, and he keeps slapping her. Come out, devil. Come out, devil. Come out, devil. I thought, I told that guy, I said, you know, I think he's got it under control. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. You know, that's the way they did it. Uh, this guy in India, they were casting. He, he was showing me a video. Uh, I went to speak at his church, and, and uh, he showed me a video of the week before. They had have a demon-possessed lady come into their service, and he's casting devil out of her, and he showed me this video. He's dragging her around by her hair, you know. <laughs> come out, devil. I thought. I don't know. It seems like it gets the job done, but <laughs> I don't think it would go over here in the states. Go <laughs> ahead. Uh, we were dedicating babies. We dedicated that little baby, um, and you know the blessing about working in, in a work for so long. And I, I know Pastor Joe, you ha- probably had the same blessing. You start. Y- you work with generations. You know, uh, I'm in the fourth generation now. Of believers that I've worked with. I worked with their, their grandfathers. I worked with their fathers. I worked with them, and now I'm working with their children. We're, we're about, uh, in Bolivia, we're going to start back up our Bible school. You know, we're not uh, a whole bunch of people. We're probably, we're 13 churches, and I don't know, maybe 500 believers, something like that, because they're small village churches, um, but uh, we, we run a Bible school every couple of years, and, and usually, it's the 18, 19, 20, 21, 22-year-olds that come, and we take them through a, a couple of years of training uh, 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 Well, we're just getting ready to start it up again for our fourth generation. Amen? So we're praying that God will give us, you know, new and fresh leaders. Uh, go ahead and go to the next one. Uh, this was one of the worship services. That little boy wanted to dance with Eunice and I. <laughs> <laughs> um, We've baptized. I I, I didn't get a chance to count how many we've baptized. We baptized a lot. Um, You know, that building that I showed you, I said our church buildings kind of look like this. That one is at 15,000 feet. I baptized in that place in the little creek. It is cold up there. And just as I get ready to baptize you, I'm in my t shirt and shorts getting ready to get down in the water. It starts snowing. And I get down in the water, but then none of them want to get down in the water, you know? It's like, if you guys want to be baptized, you need to get down here now. And I got out. My legs were purple. Um, This was, uh, this is uh, pastors. All those guys are pastors that are there. And, you know, they're getting older. They're the first generation, you know, Uh, first, second generation believers. And so that's 180 pair of reading glasses that we took down there because they were all starting to have trouble with their eyes. Um, go ahead and go to the next one. So we're beginning a new season, as I said, of structured training for the fourth generation of believers. Um, you know, we, we need, we, we have some of these pastors that are late 70s, mid to late 70s, and, and we need God to continue raising up new leaders. Um, so going on to India, um, India has been, A challenge lately with COVID, they shut India down uh, during COVID totally, and they just opened it back up. Um, There's 1.2 billion people that live in an area that a third the size of of Texas. No, I'm sorry, a third the size of the USA. That's right, not third the size of Texas. Um, 942 or 948 million Hindus, 177 million Muslims. I think it's the second largest Muslim nation in the world, uh, 344 million <coughs> unevangelized people. Go ahead and go to the next one. So there's one state there that has 87 million people, 45,000 villages. You know, India, 1.3 billion people is a lot of people, or 1.2 billion, uh, and. Everywhere you go, every village, like a village that would have, or a town that would have three, 4,000 people, uh, some of the small towns around Zanesville, you have a town like that and you got uh, 500,000 people, It's ju- they're just like ants crawling all over each other, uh, but 43,000 villages without a gospel witness, and that's probably outdated because uh, different ministries have been working in there uh, since... I, I saw the statistic, but over 100 languages spoken by more than 10,000 people and they have no Bible translation, which pretty much the, uh, you know, th- where they used, everything used to be rural and there used to be no communication, you'd have these isolated people that would continue speaking their own language anymore. Uh, you know, we just got electricity in Bolivia five years ago. Uh. Were n- there was no electricity out in those villages. There were no roads until about probably seven, eight years ago. Um, and the, uh, there's still no running water and toilets. I was going to show a picture of, of, of one of our toilets for one of our churches, but I didn't think you guys would like to see that. <laughs> it's not a pretty sight. Um, but, you know, because of the transportation and the communication now, you're able to work with trade languages, kind of like the Apostle Paul did. You know, he spoke Greek because Greek was spoken uh, all over the world at that time. Um, so we're able to work. We, have, we work in 22 different languages in India, and, and that's probably enough. You know, we can th- these smaller languages, these people are, are bilingual. They live out in a small village, but they go into the into town enough that they, they speak the trade language. You can go ahead and go to the next one. Um, there is persecution, but I, uh, I was supposed to be in, um, in December 2008, I was supposed to be in that state of Orissa, uh, and all this persecution broke out. Hindus persecuting the Christians, trying to wipe them out. Um, but in spite of the persecution that went on for several months, uh, one group still started 203 churches and baptized 1,993 people. So, uh, you know, I, I was with a guy the other the other day at that Bible study, actually, and he was asking me, Brother, what have, are you seeing great revival? Are you seeing great things happen? And I, I said, No. I, I said, But I'm seeing, I, I know a lot of faithful men. I know a lot of faithful pastors, faithful women uh, and, and that in, that's enough for me. And just like here, you know, you've got a lot of demonic activity, but the gospel is still prevailing. Amen. And it's going to prevail. God is not going to lose. You can go to the next one. Um, now, our vision, we want to strengthen those within the church, but then we also want to send out uh, people to start new churches. And the best way to do that is get the word of God into them because someone who is going through systematic training wants to do something with it, amen? And there's a lot of opportunity to plant churches. Um, so we're using a video-based curriculum. I think you guys, uh, if you've been a, here for a while, we use a curriculum called the International School of Ministry. If you want to, on the table out there, there's actually a, a booklet. It is available in the United States also. Um, but uh, it's, it's got some of the older men of God uh, that have gone to be with the Lord. It's got T.L. Osborne, Reinhard Bonnke. But the thing about it is, the teachings that they left with us are still true. And there was still an anointing. They had a revelation. They're teaching out of revelation from God. And so uh, I like it. I like that it's the the old, solid teaching. Amen? Um, You can go to the next one. Now, this was one of 32 Bible schools that we set up. Uh, this particular group, um, they, when I first started working with them, they had 5,000 churches. This is an Indian group. They had 5,000 churches, and uh, their goal was 7,777 churches. Um, and so I went back to see them. You know, I've worked with a lot of different groups, so I didn't get back to see them right away, but probably 10 years uh, afterwards, you know, I'd had some contact with them, but ten years later, I was actually able to sit down with the the founders and the, uh, the leaders of that ministry. They surpassed their goal; they were at thirteen thousand churches by that time. And and they, you know, they did it by training new people and then sending them out to start churches. Amen. And our our curriculum is in their language. You know, it, I look at that group, and I can kind of tell they're a rural group. They got that little bitty television they probably have a generator running uh to to use it um probably half these guys don't read so you can translate the bible and give it to them but what are they gonna you know uh and even if you if you just give anyone the bible like when i was i think i was 12 years old or whatever and i wanted to read the bible so i started in genesis right and you know it's hard to understand the bible when you start in Genesis and start reading through, you need someone to teach you. You need someone to explain to you the principles that are found throughout the Word of God. Uh, and so, probably half these guys are illiterate, but they're hearing the Word of God. They can all hear, and we've translated it into their language, so they're hearing it in their language, uh, just like in the Book of Acts, like the Holy Spirit was poured out, and they were hearing uh, in in their uh, they were hearing the gospel in their own language. And so that's what we're doing and that's why we have 22 languages. Um, go ahead and switch that one. Uh, these are the different languages. We, we've got Farsi for Iran, uh, Burmese for Myanmar, Arabic, Pashto Dari. We did the Pashto and Dari languages in, in Delhi, in India, because um, there were Afghan refugees that, that were, had come to uh, India, to Delhi, and, and some of them were saved, and one guy uh, was just really fired up for the Lord, and he started a church, an Afghan guy, uh, suffered persecution there in Delhi from the other Muslims. They went in, uh, you know, they have water towers that feed water into uh, your apartment. Well, somebody went and put poison in his tank for his house and was going to poison him, and just by the grace of God, one of his neighbor's When he got home, he told him that someone was up there messing with your water tank. And so he went and uh, went up there. I don't know how he figured it out, but they they had put poison in his water tank and were trying to poison him. Uh, We just, that pastor moved from Delhi to Toronto and is still reaching out to Afghans in uh, United Arab Emirates, in uh, Iran, in Afghanistan, in the United States and Canada. And we just saw him less than a week ago. We went up to Toronto and saw him and are trying to help him to continue uh, his ministry and using this material to reach Afghans. Um, but anyway, we had Sinhala. We, we just finished the Tibetan language. Um, so you can go ahead and flip that. Uh, there's an 80-minute a evangelistic video called The God Story. And the, the interesting thing about it is that it starts in creation because almost every uh, culture around the world, even if they've never heard of Jesus, they have this idea of creation, how things came to pass. And so we start in, in creation. In an 80-minute video, Jesus doesn't appear until about 60 minutes into the video. You know, it, they're laying the foundation about Abraham and how Abraham offered his son and how lambs were slain and the blood was shed. And they go through this whole uh, explanation of the gospel, but 60 minutes of it is, is Old Testament and laying, it, laying a foundation for it. And Jesus comes, who is the Lamb of God and who is the son who's given. Um, so anyway, that's, that's a powerful uh, tool for reaching the unreached. Uh, our first office was set up in Delhi. Our second office was set up in the in the state of Gujarat um, with the, a group that had 300 churches. Um, you can go ahead and flip it to the next one, and then the third office was set up in the state of Andhra Pradesh, and that was a uh, an amazing strategy. We worked with a a guy. You know, Andhra Pradesh has 200 million people, something like that. I mean, it's these Indian states have huge amounts, uh, and uh, he helped us to find these faithful men all over the state. And we started bringing them in for about two years. We brought them into one location, and we uh, got made a personal connection with them, and and uh, and then helped them to uh, share about this uh, Bible curriculum all over the state of Andhra Pradesh, and. Uh, so it has, uh, it, it's went well. And then, uh, well, the last one, let's see. Uh, God opened a door to the AOG churches in North India. And AOG and the Assemblies of God in North India are, have just done, really all over India, have done a great job. And so one guy came to me and said, he was one of the main leaders of the AOG for India. And he said, look, we need what you have. We need this teaching material in our churches. And so he came and, and uh, you know, I traveled all over India to meet with these groups of the Assembly of God. Uh, go ahead and flip it one more time. And these were the language groups. that We left the materials for them. And, and you know, there's just, like it says, the Hindi language, there's 422 million people that speak Hindi. In the Boshputi language is 33 million. And so these it just had tremendous attention, uh, uh, potential to, to impact um, you know just millions and millions of people. You can go ahead and uh, flip that one. This was one of our meetings with the ALG. You can go ahead and go to the next one. Um, when you look out there, you'll see on that table I have out here, you'll see that we have some DVDs. Uh, DVDs are pretty much a thing of the past. you guys probably know that you know everybody is streaming or uh, and and so we converted our our uh, DVDs to files that would go on that flash drive up there and on this little SD card. I don't know if you've ever seen an SD card before, but I put a postage stamp there so you can see how big that SD card is. Uh, now think about Afghanistan. think about that people could uh, people could walk in with a Pocket full of uh, of those SD cards and never have anybody uh, suspect anything. Even if you just take one in there and then duplicate them inside uh, the country, you can do it. And India, India is presently one of the most persecuted nations on earth. Uh, Christians are uh, being persecuted because the government changed, um, and uh, you know they're just they're wanting to wipe out. They actually have a slogan: Muslims first, and then Christians. They don't want anybody in India that's not Hindu, and so the present government is a radical Hindu nationalist government. And they have the persecution in against Christians is just going off the chart because Christians are a very small minority. To persecute Muslims is a little bit uh, more difficult, but they're they're actually persecuting both, which has has had a interesting effect. Now, Christians and Muslims are being persecuted together. It's, it's brought a connection. And uh, they, like the Muslims, you know, they believe that they're descended from Ishmael. And the, the Christians, they, they're descended from Isaac. And so they're half-brothers. And so, the, you know, they, they've got this, uh, this link now, this connection, and it's opening the door for Christians to share the gospel with Muslims in India, so interesting effect. So if you if you look there, you know, like any of those uh, little machines uh, can be used to, to use an SD card or a uh, a flash drive. Go ahead and flip it to the next one. You see a guy here. He's got his smartphone. So we're able to load all the files on a smartphone. All these, you know. Five semesters of teaching, and uh, and th- you know the old flip phones. We can put uh, five semesters of audio teaching. That that guy's watching the video, which files are bigger, but you can put five semesters of audio teaching in a little those old flip phones. And so uh, indi- some Indians still have those. Some Americans still have those. <laughs> uh, but here, you know, you can see that they put the files on a computer. Then they got them a, a decent sized speaker and they're having Bible school, just like that. Um, and this was uh, one group that graduated in 2020. Uh, some of the other pictures, I don't think I put them in, any in here, but actually you can see the one guy is wearing an orange mask there on the left. Uh, there some of the pictures they sent me, you know, they were wearing the mask. Is so anyway, um, you can go ahead and go to the next one. But uh, now it's very hard for me to keep track of how many students are actually going through this. It could be four times that amount uh, because one group, I don't know I mentioned it, one group in the state of Gujarat, uh, You know, we worked with them, we set up an office there for them to duplicate the materials and, and run Bible schools, and then they never let me know anything, and I'm trying to contact them, and, and I couldn't find out anything. Ten years later... I think, okay, they just decided not to use it. They're not doing anything. I invested probably $1,000 or so to, to give them uh, the equipment they needed to run an office. Ten years later, they contact me. They've been using it all the time, and, and they just didn't communicate. Uh, so, you know, I, I say 5,380 students. It could, we don't know. Let me just say that we don't know. We know of these, 298 locations, 16 of India's 28 states, um, but there's probably a lot more. And what we do, these small files, the MP3 and MP4 files uh, that go on a flash drive or SD card, uh, you can email those things, and you can send them on WhatsApp on your, on your smartphone. And, so, and I encourage people. I tell them, look, guys, you know, w- if they tell me they use Hindi, I give them a, a hard drive that's got 22 languages on it. And I, and I tell them, I said, okay, you're not working in these other languages, but you know people who are. So, brother, you know, just copy it and send it to your friends. And so we've distributed so much like that across all of India. Heaven will tell us, and I'm, I'm okay with that. Heaven will tell us uh, what all has come of this. Uh, you can go ahead and go to the next one. Just how to pray for us. Um, these things, wisdom, faith, courage, um, health, you know, favor with God and man relationships. Right now we're in, we have, we've got having some issues with, uh, kind of an Absalom type situation in Bolivia. We just came down, went down to try to resolve that. I'll probably go down one more time this year. Uh, and then the resources for the Bible school, we've got, uh, That large church that I showed you that had all the people in it for the conference, we have one large church like that, which means that if we have a conference, everybody has to go to that church. Well, we'd like to have two because that church is five hours away from some of our other, five hours drive away from some of our other churches. And so we're trying to build a building just like that one so that we can have it running in two different places. Um, Go ahead and go to the... I think that might be the last screen, but yep. Um, I was going to put something on there about why you should pray for your missionaries because on our last trip, w- just about everything that could happen uh, happened. You know, every, every negative thing. I mean, we get out there and, uh, you know, our, our, our Jeep breaks down four or five times and we prayed it in t- back into the city, <laughs> back into a mechanic. Uh, one time... We, that thing had broken down, you know, stopped on us four or five times. One time, it was on this little bitty one-lane mountain road at 11 o'clock at night, and the fog was coming in. It was a detour road, so it wasn't even as wide as the other ones, and we go around the, the corner, and here is this gigantic, full-size Greyhound bus, you know, and it's like, okay, we're nose-to-nose, we're how are we going to pass each other? And I had to pull over on the side. I had to find a place a little bit wide, pull the Jeep over on the side, not really being able to see whether I was going to fall off the mountain or not, you know. Uh, and uh, anyway, it was, it was interesting. We, we got back in the city. The Jeep broke down again right as we were trying to get back to the hotel we were going to stay at. Uh, we kept praying, 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 and the jeep, jeep kept sputtering, sputtering, sputtering. And, and I mean, that thing, it stopped. It died three feet from the hotel. We prayed it right to the <laughs> right into the hotel. Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other things that happened. I mean, we, our COVID tests, traveling internationally in this season where they require COVID tests is a hassle. Um, you know, we got our COVID test, they said 72 hours before. We got it 71 hours before. They didn't get them to us, and so we were in the airport uh, getting ready to take off to Bolivia, and we had to pay $250 a person to get an airport COVID test. Uh, yeah, you know, just, um, you know, you need, God is with us, but we would appreciate prayer <laughs> also. <laughs> Amen. Um, well, uh, that is really all about it. I have, if you guys, I have a table table. Um, out here, if you want to ask any questions or anything, um, you know, you're just welcome to do that. All right. Turn it over to you, Pastor Joe. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, bro. Sure. Oh, thank you. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, at this time, uh, we're going to gather our ushers. Um, we would like to. Take up an offering and uh, support Tim and Eunice in their endeavors. So, as our band makes their way back, um, ushers get into place. Make their way down. Tim, thank you for all that. Uh, it was a blessing to see, neat to see the pictures and all the people and the Incas, the, the Inca. It was really neat. Um, you know, after winter time here, we get potholes in our roads, too. Yeah. <laughs> not, not necessarily like what you deal with, you know. Okay, let, let's pray. Father God, we do thank you, Lord, for what we heard this morning, what we saw. Lord, it is such a blessing to see the gospel still working, the, the power of the gospel still spreading, Father God, to all these nations, Father. And Lord, I do want to pray a special blessing over Tim and Eunice and and their ministry, Lord, and all the places that they endeavor to travel and to sow the good seed, Lord. I want to pray a blessing over them, Lord. Bless them, Lord. Lord, speak peace over them, Lord God. Lord, I do pray for health and for safety for them and for their ministry, Lord God. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that you do make a way, Lord, those times when their Jeep spits and sputters, Lord. Lord, we pray that your grace is sufficient, Lord God, and you get them to their destination, Lord. And you enable them to do what needs done, Lord, to save souls, to train up pastors, Lord, to start churches, Father God. We pray your blessing over these things, Father God. Use them in a mighty way, Lord. And Lord, I just pray, Lord, that this church, Lord, Lord, that we would be generous and help in this, Lord. We can be one of those supporting hands, Lord. Not the sole supporter, but just one of them that helps support the the mission field, Lord. Lord, we have an opportunity to do so even now, Lord. We just pray your blessing over this offering, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen.